Welcome to the Robert Affolter Show for Monday, June the 14th of 2021. And I was talking with my my son over the weekend. We were talking about training. He's got people under him and people over him as a, an executive. And we're talking about training. And I admire how he's handling his job and trying to train those under him. And training is one of the things I, I see as a big problem for, for at least what I see in the United States. And it's a problem because we don't offer enough of it or we don't offer quality training. And it doesn't stop at the lowest level. It's all the way up to the top executive. If we don't value training for ourselves at the top, um, we don't have much hope for it at the bottom either. So what kind of training am I talking about? It's not just training to a skill, but it's also interpersonal training. Training on how to get along with each other, training on how the organization works or, or thinking about how the organization should work. How do we handle problems? How do, how do we get the job done? Who reports to who and when? <laughs> and all kinds of stuff like that. It's, it's just breaking down the organization, having an organization, organization chart and structure and doing things in such a way that you ultimately get the job done. So as an example, if you expect uh, certain things from your employees, or if you've got um, people working for you, under you, do they know what you expect of them? And do they have the resources and skills to get their job done? And how do you know? How would you find out? And how do you track it? I think these are a, a lot of questions that need to go into how we start somebody on a job. So it's something I'm I'm actually working on a, as a chiropractor. Uh, if I want to start a chiropractic practice, what are the essential steps? And I certainly can't expect to just hire somebody out of college and expect them to know what I know <laughs> after over 30 years in the field. And I also know that they aren't going to know the record keeping and, uh, you know, a lot of things that um, I can't expect somebody that to know that because it's specific to my organization. Here's, here's how I want you to handle patients. Here are the kinds of things we're going to go through. And how do we make sure we don't drop something along the way? And how do we help, who do we hire to help the doctor so that they can get the patient through and taken care of as expeditiously as possible? So have you thought about that for your organization? This doesn't just apply to healthcare or just to, to big companies. It applies to everybody. And in fact, it applies to how you actually even deal with your customers. So what do you say when somebody comes in the door? Do you train, if you've if, if you got any organization of any size at all, you've got somebody in charge of answering the phone. <laughs> well, what's said and how do you say it? How do you answer the phone? That sets the tone for the whole call. And if you can say it with a smile on your face, that sends out a message 
in addition to what the words are. Now, how you say something has a has as, has as much an effect on a person as and the meaning even as what's actually said. A great example is: Have you stopped beating your wife? Now, just said like that, it means one thing. But if what if I said, "Have you stopped beating your wife?" What does that mean? Maybe you're doing something other than beating. Have you stopped beating your wife? Indicating that you've been doing it for a long time. Have you stopped beating your wife? There's a whole number of ways we can we can put different emphasis on a statement and kind of changed change the meaning. Or have you stopped beating your wife? Is it was it somebody else? Not your wife. So there's a lot of a lot of things that can go into a meaning and the feeling of something. So little things like that. How do you how do you answer the phone? If somebody comes into your your practice, if you're in healthcare, your business, if you're a store, or whatever, how's that person treated? What what is it you want said? How do we help the people? Um, who are coming to us? How do we help our customers get what it is they want? How do we find out what it is they want and help them get the best that the company has to offer? And then how do you train the people to do what it is you think is the best? And then rec recognize, too, that maybe you don't know the best. Maybe it'd be best to uh, have a get-together with everybody in the organization say, okay, what is the ultimate goal for our company and our customers. And how are we going to provide that better? And actually write something down and come up with some training programs so that when somebody leaves, you know what has been done and put some tracking in there so you can kind of track our numbers getting better. One of the keys that I've talked about in my on the business course is being able to systematize things and then be able to track your system so that you can tell, okay, if I make a change, do things get better because I made the change? And then how do you, how do we recognize, okay, are we following that? Here are the numbers I want to track. How many calls am I getting? How many people come in after, after they place the call? In healthcare, it's pretty easy. Okay, so if I'm getting 10 calls a day and out of that I get five appointments, that's one thing. If I'm getting eight appointments, that's something else. I'm, you know, And how many of those calls are even uh, patient-related? Or are they sales calls? I started tracking that in my practice and found out you know, I had somebody working for me who's on the phone all the time. I said, okay, I, I just bought one of these little pads that you can – you know, write down who called and what time it was. And, you know, all of a sudden things started changing. And I found out <laughs> my employee was talking to her mother all day. <laughs> so just putting that in place. Suddenly she knew I was watching. And it changed what was happening. Now, I only had one, one line coming in. So that meant if she's on the phone all day to her mother, that blocked calls from coming in, right? So just that one stat helped free up and improve my business.
And if we track how many people called and we find out, you know, I'm getting a high number of uh, people call in with questions. What are the questions? And are they getting answered appropriately so that people come in to see me? And if not, why not? The, that, but that point is that's getting to be a training problem. And then if somebody comes in and they have a consultation with me and they decide not to go further, <laughs> what kind of training am I lacking? <laughs> How is it that I'm irritating people and causing them to go away? What's going on there? And can I make changes? Can the doctor make changes? And this is simple too, because there's a lot of, a lot of companies where the executives don't believe they need to change. It's the employees that need to change. It's the people under me. They need to change, but I don't need to change. Well, have you tracked it? How do you know? How do you know you don't need to change? And as an employee, there's certain things that we need to think about. I'm going to stop right here and we'll, we'll allow Anchor to put in their ad right here. But we're going to come back to this in just a minute and talk about things you can do, things you can change to make yourself a more valuable asset to your company. Okay, Robert Affolter, welcome back to the show. And I want to talk about how you can be a more valuable asset. One of the things is being more technically competent. But the other is recognizing the goals of your company and how you contribute to those goals. And making sure that whoever's above you recognize your contribution. So getting the proper training is one of the things you can do. I can remember when I was at IBM, <laughs> we had a contest. And they put somebody in the administrative staff and somebody, I was a systems engineer, so somebody from the system engineering staff and a marketing rep, put those three together and there were certain goals that we had to achieve. And one of them was training. We had to go get more training about something that was going to lead to goals for the company. So I looked at, you know, what was going on and I just didn't want to participate. I said, look, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. <laughs> and if it fits in here, fine. And if not, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. The, the company's promotion, their bonus program, wasn't going to change what I intended to do. And we wound up winning this contest. And part of it was because I was already going to do all the things that needed to be done, <laughs> all the things the company wanted us to do. I had training in place and it was meeting the goals that needed to be met. Now, as an employee, this is one of the things I was mentioning to my son. How do we get people to recognize that, look, you don't just show up for your job at nine o'clock and leave at five without thinking about how you're contributing to profit. Because if you're not contributing to profit, why does the company bother having you? And it's one of the things as I've talked to people, it's something that they don't think about. Well, I'm making this amount of money and I come here and I want to make more money, but they don't think about, well, the company's got to make more money than they're paying me or it's not worth me being there. We don't quite think about that level. And that probably goes all the way to the top too. <laughs> how, how do we 
make what we do so important to the company that the company makes more money than it costs to pay us. And if we can't prove that, then why is the company even bothering with us? And that's something that the employer needs to be looking at. And when I'm, when I'm teaching my course for healthcare providers, I'm talking about hiring somebody. That's one of the things I talk about is look, if they can help you as the healthcare provider or as the doctor, if they, if you can hire somebody that can help you be more productive then you know, if you, if they'll help you be make 20 or I'm sorry, make twice what it's going to cost you, then it's worthwhile. If it's not, it might not be. And you really start got to start looking at the numbers. So think about that when you're going to hire somebody or if you're going to be hired, how, how are you contributing to profit? And if you're contributing in a big way, maybe you deserve a bigger salary. Maybe you deserve a bonus. But it all gets back to kind of having this, this business mindset that I'm talking about in the courses I'm teaching at Affalter Academy. All right, that gives you something to think about today. Robert Affalter signing off, hoping you're having a wonderful life. Thanks for listening.